All right, this is episode six of Life as We Know It podcast, and also I have with me my good friend. Good friend, partner in crime and associate, Patrick Solomon. That's the guy he was talking about. That would be myself. Uh, sitting next to me, our special guest this week, is our roommate, Travis. So welcome to the show. If you want to uh, introduce yourself. Hey, fellas. You know, I want to say thank you for bringing, on, bringing me on the show. I've been watching some of these live for the last couple of weeks, and Gotta say, you two have been doing a pretty good job. Now, fuck you, man. We paid him to say, we paid him to say something nice about <laughs> that, us. He actually hates our guts. Right now. We begged him to get on here. It took me six weeks for them to finally invite me. We wanted to... <laughs> we, want, we wanted to impress you. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, it's good to be here. It's a nice Saturday afternoon. Yes, it is. <sighs> Tell you what, man. Wild week. Yeah. Wild week. RAC went out. RAC went out. So, funny story. In Arizona, there's a 24-hour air conditioning services. Yeah. Just found that out. And also, I found out that when uh, most people's air conditioners go out, they go to the hotel. They don't stay home that night, which I could understand why after sleeping through it last night. The sweat like a dog. Yeah. I kind of liked it, though. Yeah, I did, too. It kind of reminded me of being an Afghan and sweating and stuff, so it was a good time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it goes like into what I was saying uh, earlier in the week. I had some crazy stuff. Well, not crazy, but stupid stuff happen. Uh, people talk about like saying like bad things have come in threes. Um, and I Which was I pretty, don't know if I believe that. You, you know, I don't know if I believe it either after watching a few videos. But I'm going to stick to my guns for now. But anyways, I, was, I just messed up three times this week at work. I, I've I've had a bad reputation a reputation in the past for things going bad in threes for me. It's just how it's happened. I actually wrote an example down because I didn't want to forget it. But one time specifically, <laughs> I was going on a trip to Indiana to see my buddy, and I got to my the airport about a half hour before the flight, and they wouldn't let me board my flight because I hadn't gotten my boarding pass and everything printed out already. So that was one that was on the way there. Now I'm flying on the way back. I was trying to see if I could, uh, instead of having a layover, if I could bump down to an earlier flight back to Philadelphia. Um, so you go up to the little, yeah, the desk, the little desk, and then they, you know, they put your name on the the list. So I'm like, okay, and I was like four names down, and they're like, all right, we have four extra seats. And I was the last one called. I'm like, awesome, I'm gonna go home. You know, I have to wait this three hour layover. Sitting on the plane. What's this fucking second one? This is the second one. <laughs> okay. Sitting on the plane. And they, this is what they're waiting. They called me and they called my name over to the loudspeaker and told me that I had to get off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> they she told me that the other person had arrived. Like, I don't know if it would have been another 30 seconds because I had just sat down and they did. I was like, this is embarrassing. So they're like, go ahead and try for the next flight because there was another one still before my layover. So the third one I went to get to, I was the first one on the list. So only one person had to not show up for the flight and I would have got a seat. And everybody showed up for the flight. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to wait in my layover and, you know, spending yeah. time there at the airport. Hmm. So well, I guess you want me to know about this week. That would make more sense to tell you about that, huh? Well, I just don't. You don't care. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I care. I care about both of you, especially you. This is weird. I guess, like, you're not, you're someone else. I'm looking at someone else, man. Who are you? Honestly, I think we should jump into that uh, topic that was given to us. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Give a shout out to uh, Chrissy Rumor. Yeah. 
you know, we have a Facebook page and she was the only one that was enlightened <laughs> enough to leave a comment to see what we should talk about. So yeah. in courtesy to you, we should talk about that. Yeah. Her statement read, why are guys um, not confident enough to approach women? Hmm. What do you think, Travis? I'm putting you on the spot first. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a fear. And I can't speak for all men. Lean I need a little closer. Yeah. Is this better? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, I think that, especially at our age, you know, when we get a little bit older, we have men develop confidence as they age, you know, as they go throughout their lives. Yeah. They, they develop confidence based on their experiences or things they've achieved. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I kind of see it. Like, you know, maybe I had a... I had like some high school confidence from playing sports or whatever, but now that I'm kind of getting out of school, I realize that there's other things I need to achieve mm-hmm. to kind of get to a much higher level. So like when you're going to approach it, cause I sometimes do you ever feel like you could be overconfident? Cause remember how we've talked yeah, before. I, wanna, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off, but he said something that, okay. I just, I just want to just cut you off for a second. Okay. Right. <laughs> Like, this is kind of what I I was listening and what I took from it is what you're saying is the confidence that led you to be able to talk to girls in high school. You need to achieve a different level of that confidence in the real world as you mature in order to still have the confidence to walk up to random girls and talk to them. Exactly. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Did I miss this? So it's – now I got to restate this because to make sure I understand. That's why I want to The confidence difference is the stuff – that you did in high school made you confident enough, that, but you have to have world, world, real world or, experiences. Yeah, like you know, when I was in college and I was in a fraternity, so it seemed like talking to girls was easy because I just had that behind me. You know, I had something like. No, I could see that. That's what we did in the Marines. So it's we, like, but when you're out of college, it's like a different, a completely different. Yeah, you need something else now. Because you might feel like a, a failure of being an adult. But I know that when I'm 30 and I've kind of gone through more experiences through my career. Yeah, you know, open up a business or something for say or to say, then I don't know what I, I'd have confidence when I'm going to. Hopefully, you're talk already to with a girl. girl by then. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But then I would have the confidence that when I go up to to talk to them, that I'm bringing value. You yeah. know, I think that's what really comes behind it is I I feel I need to bring value to them mm-hmm. in a way that. Uh, but I I, I'm, I'm also looking at a type of girl. Yeah, because I'm not talking about. I, I guess it's yeah, because there's girls. some girls that are out there that are like intimidating as fuck. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a pussy. I think. But some I, girls out there, like I'm like, yeah. I have a hard time trying to go approach them. Like, damn, they, they might just be out of my league. I think we put expectations in our head. We expect, like them, to what's like, and I've heard this plenty of times. Like, what's the worst thing that's gonna happen? You're gonna get shot down. Your ego may get hit a little yeah, bit. Yeah, dude, that's a but, big deal. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big deal. But how big of a deal is versus you being like, uh, well. I didn't say anything to her. Now I'm going to think about it yeah. think about it and think about it. Missed opportunities I, yeah. are pretty bad too. Yeah. Now I agree with what you said uh, with the whole confidence thing and having something to back it up. But at the same time, I feel like it should be easy. Like if, if you were walking up to a guy and you had to say something or ask him a question, it should be easy. But all of a sudden, if it's a cute girl, it's like everything changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you start thinking about the future too much. <laughs> mm-hmm that it kind of distracts your present time thoughts of like what just like just enjoying the conversation or just enjoying yeah. that you're meeting someone new. I'm glad you that, said that because some people like 
I feel like some people would judge us, but it's like when you see a girl that you're attracted to, that you do look into the future and you're automatically thinking like, could this work out? Yeah. Like, could this be the one? Could this be my girlfriend? I can't fuck this yeah. up. Because if, if, if she is the one, then this is the one chance I need to do. And it really messes with you. Yeah. I think we should, as a whole, should just test just test out talking to people because I feel like the re- it would be a lot easier to walk up to those random people if you did it more often. Just random... Not even per se to get a girl's number, but just randomly go up there and just like, hey, let's say you make eye contact. How many times have you made eye contact with somebody? You looked at them and they made eye contact and you're like, okay, that person's looking at me. That, you know, I should talk to them, you know? You get that little feeling. Yeah. And then you don't. You just keep going. And I'm sure the opposite end, like that feeling is mutual. I believe in the whole like souls intertwining bullshit that Hmm. there's a reason that you guys looked at each other. You guys looked at each other, but nobody acted out on it, and you just keep crossing each other's paths. Yes. Sometimes, I think confidence, at least from my personal experience, that you can have too much. Because there's been many times when, like, I feel like a girl will be giving me all the right signals, and then I'll just be like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna talk to her. <laughs> I'm too good for her," <laughs> or something like that. And I just want. And then later the next day, I'd be like, "Why didn't I just talk to her?" Rationalization. You're rationalizing a situation to why you should or shouldn't talk to them. Mm-hmm. See, okay, just real quick. Cause it seems like a hassle that. sometimes. I'm like, it's too much of a fucking hassle. It's, I could just take more shots. Creating, <laughs> create, creating like the stigma in our head. Like, oh, this girl's going to be a bitch or that girl's mm-hmm. too good for me or I'm too good for that girl. It's like, just talk to somebody and we don't do it. I don't, I'm going to speak for myself. I don't do it because no. I'm a little fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It, it's funny how the mind works that, you kind of create this perception of what is going to happen between the two of you. So it's funny how the mind works that you create this perception before it even happens, before the conversation even happens, before you even hang out or anything that you kind of already envision what it's supposed to be like or what it may be like. But the thing is, in reality, it could be a hundred times different or 360, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. It's like you can't actually imagine what, the conversation or the interaction and that's will what's be so with the girl. fucked up about your emotions because how are you supposed to even know what's real and what's not because your like mind and your heart are telling you completely different things and then there's like logic on the other end that's dude i think i think after talking about this and hearing it now i kind of want to take the chance more not so much just because look dude but you're a good your you're like you're that. a good you're a good dude you're a good dude you can hold a conversation with somebody. You both come from a sales background. You know how to talk to somebody. What is the worst possible thing that's going to happen when you come up to a girl? I buy them a drink and then they don't talk to me. And after. then they don't talk <laughs> Take to me. Take my fucking money, after. dude. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. For all you bitches no, out I'm there. I'm not saying that, dude. It's easy to do it at a bar. I'm not talking about a bar. I'm talking about uh, you were going to get Fries. a coffee. Or, yeah, you're going to the grocery store. He talked about, uh, uh, he talked about those two girls from Fry's on the last episode. Oh, the cashiers? Did I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now you got to go talk to them. I do. This week. You so people to. on All the right. next no, podcast. she's working right now. I'll leave right after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> next episode, you have to have something ready. All right. Yeah. I'll come back with everybody with a review of uh, how my thing went. But I really just want to talk to the one, not the other one. Because I with think the black the other, one or the white one? The black one. You I want to? I want to talk to the black one. She, okay. You got a problem with that? (laughs) No, sir. (laughs) I don't. Oh, man. Hey, so something else I've been thinking about all week. 
It's something I went Wait, by. Are you going to change the subject? Yeah. Because I don't think we're done with answering a question. Okay. Because I think you can look at it from a guy's perspective, but if the girl is not – like, I'm not going to go talk to the girl that just has, like, a bitch face on and she just looks like a, not a welcoming figure. So that maybe – Yeah, you know, like, maybe she might be asking that question, but maybe she's just – I don't – Well, maybe she's just girls a bitch. that look warm and – like welcoming. Yeah. You're you, like, that's you, a nice girl. Like you feel more confident to go talk to them because they feel open, you know, to yeah. receiving it, but it's well, percentages. Now we're talking about all the girls that we haven't walked up to. What about the ones that you have taken the chance and you've walked up to? Would you say that you've came out on the side you wanted to for the most part? I feel like there's times that I've done it and I'm glad I did it because it turns out I really like looks were deceiving and that person did not have a very good personality. And I was like, I'm glad that I did it instead of just having like a, uh, you know, going home and thinking about it. Like, oh, what the, the what conversation? If. Yeah, the what if. Mm-hmm. The what if theory. Not gonna lie, I just never really approach girls. That's because you like guys. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'll just wait for one of my friends to approach them, and then I'll just join later. You just swoop in. Yeah. <laughs> swoop. <laughs> certified, wing, certified wingman. He's like, I'll wait for somebody else to go start talking to somebody. <laughs> someone, someone cast the hook. I'll reel it in. Because uh, I, I, if I always feel like uh, if I like approach a group of girls, I'm just like infringing on their space, and I just don't. It's not that I'm not confident. Do you think girls about. see it that way though? Well, We're seeing it from a guy's perspective. Now, that girl that looks at us and makes that eye contact with us, how do you think she's looking at the situation? Oh, well, I wish she different. talks to if us. If she's making eye contact with you, then obviously there's uh-huh. she wants you to come over. She wants She's interested yeah. at least a little bit. Whereas when I don't want you guys to base about, this off of the bar, though. I'm just saying generally yeah. in just public places. I never, never, never approach a girl in public. Have you ever? Have I ever? At the gym? I- no. Once, not even at the gym, dude. I don't like doing. I don't even gym. think I've ever like just like hey. I don't think no. At bars, yeah, but yeah. you know what? Listen, if you're gonna find wifey material, it'd be a lot better to find her at a coffee shop than at a bar. Shit face. <laughs> the local Whole Foods. <laughs> oh, the, local. <laughs> the organic. Oh, you picking up some melons over there? <laughs> <laughs> those are some nice melons. Let me help you pick those out. You know how to tell with the real good melon, right? I'm not going to go. <laughs> I was waiting for you. Uh, what else you got for me, Pat? What I got for you. What do you got for us? Well, I'm going to just kind of roll into this. So, Because okay. ta- we're, we're kind of just spitting thoughts out here of what our opinion is of, of, of certain situations. So what I want to ask is, do you think you're weird? Do you think you're weird? Yeah. Do you think your thoughts are pretty weird? Yeah. Do you think everybody thinks that their thoughts are weird and they actually are? And they think everybody else is normal? Or are you just fucking weird? I I think if everybody was completely honest with themselves, they would all feel weird. And I think there's a, a good majority of people that put on a facade or a mask mm-hmm. to fit in with whatever the stereotype or the trend is. Instead of actually like doing what they... Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's no, like it whatever is. the trend is for society. It's, it's like, like I gotta, to I gotta stick with that. You're lying to yourself. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like I do. I feel like I know what my flaws are. Yeah. It's like fuck the status quo. I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want to do. Not. Whatever. Maybe that's why we think we're weird because we're not lying to ourselves. We're not that's trying. We're not trying to fit in. Yeah. Or we're just fucking weird. Or we're just weird. We are. We are. Yeah, but what's not weird? If you are not weird. 
then you wouldn't be doing a podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the whole point of the podcast. The whole life yeah. as we know it. Yeah, that's the everybody. Hey, listen, this. listen, world. Everybody's fucking weird, not just us. You, f- you fuck yeah. Yeah, but everyone's thoughts kind of get suppressed a little bit. Yeah. No, they do, and they can get camouflaged. Like, like you talked about last week about like falling in love and shit like that. Like, you can easily get uh, deceived. By yourself. By yourself. See me, I try and not do that. I'm just like, if I do something fucked up, I'm like, I try and t- I try and like kind of yell at myself, like Pat, you're a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. You know, I well, feel like by me being able to do that, it keeps me in check. Yeah. You know. Pretty much what we talked about was, like, um, how you can have, like, I used to have a huge, 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 huge crush on a girl that I, I pretty much made me think that I was in love with her. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I wasn't because after dating her for two weeks, I broke up with her and I was oh, like, it doesn't yeah. make sense. So like, how can you judge your own heart when you're like, it can easily take you astray. So, so fast. <laughs> Even though you hundred percent believe it, you're like, Oh no, no, she's the one, you know, have you ever experienced something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your first love, dude. Mm. No, have you ever I, been, have I, you ever been in love? Have well, you guys ever been in love? No, I don't. So, are you doing this? Yeah. Have this you ever been in love? Doing? I'm fucking going there. Have I ever been in love? That's what I said. Don't ask fucking loaded questions. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Have I ever been in love? I don't know. Okay. Maybe for like a week or two. <laughs> Why do you always say that shit right before you <laughs> stupid shit? Have you ever been in love? Have I ever been in love? Yeah. Mm, it's. <sighs> no. Yes. I don't fucking know, dude. I don't know what love is. I talked about this shit last week. Yeah, but we love, didn't air it, remember? Love. That was a failed one. Oh, yeah, that was the uh, failed yeah. one. I forgot about that. Listen, <laughs> my perception of love, that changes everything. My perception of love is that everybody experiences love differently. That the way that you feel love and the way that you feel love is different than the way that I feel love. Mm-hmm. So we can't just subcategory it it's just like any other emotion. Happy for you may be different happy for me. But I think love specifically... Because love is a commitment, and love is a committing feeling that you have to know. Like, there's, it's one of those things that you either you know or you don't know. Yeah. And I, I have a hard time answering that question because I moved on and I'm by myself now. So it's like, was I in love at one point in time and I moved on? Like, does love work that way? Can yeah, you can be in love it? and then can you move on from that love? Yeah. Like, I love you guys, you know? I love my family, but it's consistent. Now, if I had strong emotions and I was in love with somebody and then they did something wrong or things just didn't work out, that love eventually faded. So what really is love, motherfucker? Damn. Well, I guess I don't think I've ever been in love either then. (laughs) I don't think so, man. I mean, there's been times where I felt like I have, but... Why don't you get on the mic a little bit, my guy? Yeah, let's let me hear say what you something got. Let's here. Hear what you got. Let me hear about your love, dude. Uh-huh. I, yeah, just go for it. So I, I kind of agree with you on the point that I, I think I've been in love, but the more, the older I get, I've been realizing that love is much more of a complex emotion than just that feeling you may get after a couple of weeks or even a year. Like, I think it's something that really would take, you know, five grand. to 10 to 25 years even to truly develop. Like, it, it's almost like, it's love can almost be like a like a person like it's like something that takes 
like their whole lifetime to develop yeah. maybe you know it's like yeah. it's something more than just an emotion like i feel like the word love doesn't get uh or it, it has too much attached to it like mm-hmm. it, it, there should be a separate word for what we use the word love for all the time gotcha yeah because what from like my understanding like what you're saying it's pretty much like if you build a relationship with someone it's like planting a seed and if you want that love to and at the end of the day that seed is going to grow into a, mm-hmm. a beautiful tree which will become love but to get that tree to be fully grown you have to be fully devoted to that seed and ensuring that it's being watered and it's having the right amount of sunlight and all these kind yeah. of things to actually grow into real love you have to put a lot of work into it it's not just something that's like oh this is an easy yeah. task no. okay so i like that so instance i like that too so instances <laughs> where people are in love let's say or quote quote love for quote, two, quote love. for for two or three years what happens with that theory, what happens? I think a lot of people, and I've Stop talked about this before. Plant, I think a lot of people stay in relationships um, longer than they need to because they are not because they're in love, but because they're either in love with the idea of being mm-hmm. in love. Okay. So, like I said, when I really liked that girl that I ended up breaking up with, I made an image in my mind of this perfect scenario, this perfect relationship. Um, she was just, you know, the God of girls. So everything was perfect. And then once I got in a relationship, obviously that's not true. So that feeling, that strong feeling I had for her was really just an imagination of what I created in my own mind. It wasn't actually who she was. Nothing against her, but I just had a perfect, a perfect being in my right. mind. Right. Do you, uh, when you start getting close to somebody, cause it's something I do. When I back st- the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? I get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I got problems. <laughs> nah. So uh when you you fucking fucked me up. <laughs> when you start getting close to somebody, let's say you find a girl and you're starting to talk to her and you guys are hanging out a few times, me naturally won't even do this intentionally, we'll start trying to find their flaws. Yeah. I'll start trying to pick them the fuck apart. Dude, I do that right off the bat. Well, if they make, <laughs> you do that to people I you mean, know. but if they, but if they, if they do, if they make it past phase one or phase two, like basically, let's say when people you meet somebody and they, you can't find anything wrong with them, then you start looking like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Yeah, you know, there's always something wrong. Something with something. Looking. Sometimes but, they're like left so, toe might be shorter than the rest and just fucks me up, dude. I'm not saying like that. I mean, if that's what Break you're looking feet. for. Yeah, dude, I broke up with a girl. Cause she was duck footed. That was one of the reasons. It was like it drove me insane, dude. Like she was like duck footed as fuck, man. What do you think about dating? Okay, we'll go here. When you're dating, are you looking for the person you want to spend the rest of your life with? Or are you just dating? Maybe both. Depends. I'm open minded. I'll let it go where I'm going. But this is my thing. When I start getting involved with a girl, I'm waiting for something bad to happen. Yeah. Well, like the reason why I, I asked expected almost. Yeah. The reason why I ask that question is because I'll end a, re- a relationship as soon as I feel like I can't marry her. Because then I'm like, what's the point of even dating? Yeah. So, but I know a lot of people date with marriage not in their mind at all, like not the long, the future. But I've always been like that, even when I was young. I mean, like right now, I'd be open to um, getting, like, da- like I guess dating somebody, but not, I'm the attack with my emotions to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fall head over heels. But I would like... I think having a girl accomplished as a, as a friend is important to have. I think that's a good, like, strong like yeah. thing to have. Um, and it's even better if I'd you, love to go head over heels for a girl. I wouldn't. 
I think it would be nice if it was like a really good one. Like, I, I think know. it. I think it would. But here is, I think, the problem, and I've been there. This is the problem with people like our age. We're very ambitious. We want to see how far we can go in life. And when you meet somebody like that, everything, like let's say you're working out, you're you got your job, you got the podcast, you got all this stuff going, and then all of a sudden this person comes into your life, and then she starts taking time out of your life, and you're like, oh shit, like my life's diverting a different way. And once you realize it's diverting a different way, you pause for a quick second, and you're like, is this really what I want right now? Yeah. So I think timing, timing is a big thing when it comes yeah. to being in a relationship, a being relationship. in love. Yeah. yeah. Eh, fuck relationships then. All right, fuck them. Fuck them. All right, so I have a question for you guys. Late on us. All right, so if you have sex with a thousand girls, <laughs> <laughs> but you suck one dick, are you a cocksucker? Yeah, you suck that dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you cocksucker, bro. All right. That's so, a, yeah. Yeah, no, where I'm trying to go with this is there's something that we you used to You suck cock? Really... No. You're a cocksucker. No. <laughs> Something we used to talk about in the Marine Corps, basically, that you could do the right thing 24-7, um, and then you mess up once, and you're just a fucking shitty-ass person. That's the analogy I was trying to get at. Yeah. You do whatever you want in your sexual life. I mean, if you fucked a thousand girls and you sucked one dick, you're still 999 over, so you're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> but you sucked a dick. But you still sucked a dick. <laughs> Don't think we forgot. Yeah, I, yeah It's not going to go away. Yeah. Hey, how much would it take for you to suck a dick? Ten grand. <laughs> That's pretty low. <laughs> At least fifty, dude. Yeah. Well, I would work my way. Yeah, I've mean, had this conversation with multiple people, and they're like, "You would do that for money?" I was like, Have you? "Like, I'll be like, how? What would you do for a million dollars if you just had to like no, lick someone's butt?" It's I'd be easy, like, dude. "Oh, I would do it for five hundred bucks." Like, what the fuck, dude? I would, just, I would use well, more like, hand than mouth. That's you'd lick my butt for five hundred dollars. I would think about I'm it. My pants down right now. I would think you got. I would think if you put cash right in front no, of me, I would think put, about it. Easiest five hundred. If you put two stacks of five thousand dollars right here in front of me, and you're like, "Suck this dick." <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not saying I would do it, but I would be thinking about Visualizing it. the money or like seeing it right there. Kind I would of just go really. chug that bottle of Jim Beam and hop on my knees and do what I got to do. <laughs> Let's take, like 150K, there's a lot of things I would do for $150,000. Oh, yeah. Like I would eat my Dude, own We're shit. about to start getting memos and shit. People are going to be messaging me saying that they'll pay me 10 grand. <laughs> <laughs> would you eat? Uh, oh, man. All right. For $100,000. And no one knew. But you had to eat your own mother's shit. Eat her shit? <laughs> That's what I said, yeah. Like yeah. out of her butt, or is it... Like, like a on cup? a plate. Yeah. I would. I told them at work that I would, I'm would. i open to trying new things. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you meant by that? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, next time I do something fucking weird and I get caught, I'm be like, I told you I was open to new things. <laughs> That's a good one, man. Uh, uh, give me times, one, dude. Man. Give me one. I like. I like this money stuff. Money stuff? Yeah. All right. I'll let people know how shallow I am for money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which I'm Would not addicted you, uh, to money. How much would someone have to pay you to kill someone? Oh, fuck. No, I like the button one, man. Well, damn. it. See, that's a completely different because now no, my morals see, you are got, you involved. Got, you need, you have, so my you morals have, are involved. All right. Yeah. So, no, okay. So, more, you want to talk about morals. So, let's go back relate to that movie. I forget what it was called. Million Dollars. Suitcase, here it is. 
if you take it, someone dies on the world, and you don't have any connection to them whatsoever, or you may, they die, you get the million dollars. You have no idea. And they have no idea that it was you. They die from natural causes? They fucking head blows up. They have a chip in their fucking neck and their head. Damn, that'd up. be a hard one. That that's something that I would be quick. They want. I would try to justify it re- like really hard, but I'd think at the end of the day, I probably wouldn't do it because I'd be like, I'm going to hell. <laughs> I'm going to fucking hell, dude. I would try and convince myself because the money sounds great. I would try and convince myself that something better is gonna come out of it if I don't do it. Yeah. I would try and rationalize the whole thing. All right, here's one. So if we're on this kind of ethics uh-huh. train, and speaking of trains, if there was a train heading it on track. 100 people on the train, and you could divert it, but there's your son standing there. So you could either divert the train away from your son and kill all 100 people, or you could save all 100 people and have your son die. Family first. I'm taking the kid. The kid's coming with me. 100 people? How old's the kid? Seven. I would probably honestly save my kid and then kill myself afterwards. That sounds stupid. He <laughs> <laughs> lives, but he doesn't have a father. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's he doesn't have a father I, I, because I, his father saved his life. Man, I, would, I, I, I might save the hundred. Uh, do you have any other kids? <laughs> <laughs> see, see how you try to rationalize it, though, in these yeah. situations where yeah, you don't know yeah, what, yeah. what to say? I think because I, I feel like I'd be like, well, my kid's going to go to heaven. And... I'll save it. Not if he's like you. Sorry. But then your then your wife's gonna leave you. But see, the thing take is, the kids, kill yourself. If you save take your kid, kill it's completely a personal decision. Yeah. Because that kid, um, like, he's a human just like any other human on that train. Mm-hmm. So the only reason you're saving the kid is because you don't want your kid dead. Yeah. It has nothing really to do with it. Because if it was a to you, it's that a, it's a one person. Okay, that's like saying. Here's your brother standing next to you, your dad or your mom, and then here's a hundred people in the other room. Who would you let die and who would you let live? The other hundred people all die, yeah. or your mom dies, or yeah. your brother dies, or your dad dies. It's the same exact. Yeah. That's easy for family. I because I know all my family, and I'm like they would they, each of them would tell me be like kill the other ones. I mean kill kill me. Yeah. All of them. I know my whole family would. They say would that. all say that. It would. It, that's that's tough, man. That that, but, ties, that ties into choiceless choices. So like if it was. You were on the uh, like the tracks, and you saw someone else's baby laying in the tracks, and then you saw the other train. So it's like, would you save a stranger's baby, or would you just let that no, baby no, get marked? Yeah, no, yeah. rationalization all day. Yeah. One baby, hundred people. Okay, so here's another question. That this one kind of ties. I know people have used it for economics, but um, kind of goes into morals too. So like, there's three people stuck in the elevator shaft, and you have to save. One. You can only save one. There's an old man. Okay, like 60, 70 years old. Okay. Been around the block, knows a lot. There's a middle-aged person, strong, good work ethic, knows what he's doing. Doesn't know, have very much experience, but he has good work ethic. And then there's a child. Which one do, do you save? How old's the child? Like three. Because hmm. from... Uh, the economic side. Uh, the I old person, definitely not. Well, like from the economic side, it's like people look at it, it's like what's more valuable. So you have the the old person who would bring wisdom and knowledge to the rest. You have the middle aged who would be a good workforce, a good laborer to get things productive. And then from the child, you have the youth and so, the future of what's going to be for the civilization. So when you're choosing between the three, 
what would you choose? <laughs> well, I'd probably save the kid. Yeah. Because I haven't like looked at it, the situation myself. See, because that's that's very personal. If somebody though. was if that's somebody personal... was like, hey, it's either you, Pat, or your my cousin that's four years old, Liam. Like, I would take my life and give it to him. You know, then I know morals are involved in shit, but I can honestly say I'm only 23 years old, but I feel like I've lived a great 23 years. I mean, they haven't all been great, but I fucking have learned so goddamn much, and I would hate to take that away from somebody else. Yeah. You know, the older person, that's why I'm so fast to get rid of the older person because he had the chance to experience X amount of years. Mm-hmm. He had the opportunity that a lot of people don't ever get. Yeah. The middle aged man. Did too. The kid didn't. The yeah. kid didn't. You know? So you just want to give him the chance. Give him the opportunity. That's the, That would definitely be the highest risk. People, with the highest reward. People you know? underestimate freedom. I was talking to my barber about this. Hmm. They, Your barber? My barber. There's my Jersey A accent. Sorry. Anyways. It's okay. Talk however you want, man. Anyways... He was talking about, um, I was telling him how I moved out here. And this is the first time that I left home, like, on my own terms versus being in the military. And he's like, once you have the freedom taken away from you and then you go out on your own, then you realize what freedom actually is. He's like, he's like, you're only two or three steps into your life. He's like, when I was 30, I thought my whole entire life was over. He's like, but then I realized it was just getting started. And not to knock anybody back home, but I realized that I've already taken one, two, or three steps in my life at 23 years old that a lot of people that I grew up with will not ever take or maybe not take for 10 or 15 years or 20 years, you know? And I'm blessed. I'm thankful for, honestly, just, I guess it really comes from my ego, my ego and my curiosity to see what's in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like you have that. I mean, you do too. You guys all, you know, us three are sitting here at this table right now. Us three live in this house. Um, and it takes a certain kind of person to be that far away from people and dis- detach yourself from people that you grew up yeah. with for so long. You know? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I like to look at life kind of like a river mm-hmm. and or a body of water. And the moment your water just turns into a stat- a stagnant pond that just brings, you know, bacteria, disease, it just, you know, all kinds of nasty shit grows in a stagnant pond. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with life. If you ever find yourself where you're just completely stagnant, and we've seen it with our friends, it's like they don't have any ambition or know where, where they're aiming for. You know, like say they were a rushing white rap, white, white something. What's white? What's the word? White rapids? Is that what the words uh, that they say? White rapids? Is that what they say? White water rapids. White water. Oh, white water yeah, rapids. like that kind of river. Yeah. That's something that's someone who's, you know, moving forward, going somewhere. They have an aim and they have a destination compared to someone who's someone who's stagnant and not growing at all or moving forward. I feel like I know I agree with that. And I feel like I don't have I have goals, but I feel like they're not well rounded. Like this is my goal. I feel like I'm more on a a plan like do the right thing for the right reasons, work hard every day, put the time in, and certain things will fall into place out of my power. That's how I perceive it. Mm-hmm. And yourself? Yeah, what do you think man. about life, man? Like how how do you think uh, or what do you think it takes 
to get to where you're going you know what kind of morals do you kind of base your life off of in that sense no i i kind of do it the same as you i'm gonna butcher it but it's something like luck is when opportunity meets preparation Mm -hmm. no you're right it's like if you just work hard do all the right things you know um somewhere down the road something great yeah, will happen. Yeah, good thing will happen. No, yeah. I agree with that. Like and I, I had preparation. So growing up playing sports all the time, they always used to tell us that during practice if you were slacking or whatever the case would be, and you probably saw it with the Marines yeah. too that they're like you're not just going to you can't half ass it in practice and then all of a sudden go on the field for a game and then just all of a sudden, a switch goes off, and no, it's like I'm yeah. 100. percent All it, all that's gonna do is you're gonna be at just as good as you were at practice. If you put 100 percent into practice, all that game is is a fucking test to see how good you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with anything else besides the <coughs> preparation that you put in to get to where you're going. And now that you're there, how ready are you for whatever's you know in front of you, whatever mm-hmm. that task may be? Prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> proper, plan, proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Prior proper planning. Prior proper planning. Prevents. Acronyms. Acronyms. The seven Ps, man. Hmm. All right. What else you got on there? What else do I got here? I'm trying to look. There's well, something I've been wanting to bring up during this Yeah, podcast. please, man. Go ahead. All right. So... This kind of stemmed from listening to Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson. He's an podcast. alcoholic. I know I'm not interrupting, but you're an alcoholic. Yeah, you said that was going to be for the whole podcast. <laughs> you're a fucking <laughs> you're a freak. Uh, <laughs> no, I feel all right, man. No, you're good. sorry. But go. So Jordan Peterson, um, he's a, a psychologist professor at the University of Toronto. Yeah. And he was in a, given a lecture. And I forget exactly what the question he asked his um, students that day, but no one raised their hands to answer it. And it was, it was some kind of, uh, you know, um, not off the wall, but something that kind of makes you a little nervous to answer, like you know, a loaded like question kind of a loaded way. question. Yeah. yeah something, yeah, yeah, like an ethics question, something like that. But no one raised their hand to answer. And he, he asked him, like, why is no one speaking up? Why won't anyone say anything? And one student said, I'm afraid of what everyone else here is going to think of me. And that kind of made me realize because during some of my classes in college, I too was afraid to say certain things or to speak up yeah. because of fear of what other people might think of me. Especially, I think it it might be like today's our our millennial generation that might be a kind of a result of this because we're so. Um, well, we're really cut off from why? socializing with people. Why? Yeah, we're we're cut off and we don't want to offend anyone why? and. Why? If why, we why? say the wrong thing, then people are going to look at us why, differently. Though? Listen, but, why? But hold on, yeah. let me finish here. Yeah. So I got a reason. The reason I, I had to bring this up was that when I was listening to Jordan Peterson talk about this, it like clicked that my thoughts are being suppressed. Like I, yeah. I have a, I live in a fear of like not saying whatever the fuck I want to say. Yeah. And it kind of scared me. I was like, I've gone most of my life being afraid to say exactly what I want to say yeah. to any anyone. And I think that. Partially, this is like just my opinion, but it's like when we podcast right now, we're not looking at our phones. We're just looking at each other and we have to converse. Otherwise, we're going to have awkward silence. And we're just listening to each other breathe. So 
outside this, like how often are you put in a situation when you're talking to someone in a long form setting where you're actually just talking without checking your phone constantly, looking up something, being distracted by something else, not just sitting in the phone. It doesn't happen. Yeah. It rarely happens. Maybe it happens when you're really drunk or something, but it's very rare that you sit down sober and just talk. No, it never happens. So you're saying society is the reason why. What I'm having a hard time dealing with is the why. Why are we... Because I agree exactly with what you're saying about suppressing thoughts. There's shit that I fucking want to say to people that I don't say and I suppress. Now, the closer you are to me, I'm a lot more open to saying certain things. I get that. But why, in a situation when we're around new people, do we get so timid about saying what's on our mind? Well, this has been helping me. Why? No, like this is. I, I get that. Like, I get that. I get that. But why are you afraid? But why? But why are? What are we afraid of, dude? There's no. Why greater, are we there's afraid no, from judgment? There's man. no greater guilt than, uh, at least in the military, right? There's no greater guilt than letting down your, mm-hmm. your own brother. So it's like you don't want to. Everybody has pride in themselves. So anytime you feel like you're gonna look like a fool, I think it could even stem like even to the subconscious where it's like, if I look like a fool, the Ham family looks like a fool. Everybody who's ever been in control in control of me or has led me or been my mentor looks like a fool. So it's like, you know, that might. But that mentality, you know what that mentality says? When you when you look at it like that, you are basically saying that you're afraid to embarrass yourself. You're afraid to, or you're yeah. gonna, you're, you're gonna embarrass yourself mm-hmm. yeah. now. But Which what, I, yeah, but what it's also, but what it's also saying is that what about the people that do speak their mind and do say exactly what's because not everybody suppresses their thoughts. I know mm. that for sure. People will speak out. The people that do speak out, what's that say about them? Are they different than us? Mm. Do they not care what other people think? Yeah, we don't care. Are those successful people in this world? Mm. To a certain extent. To a certain extent, because there's a lot of people out there who just don't like to I talk. Mean, you know, I mean, I get that. And there's successful. certain things that you should say to certain people at certain times. But if you're sitting in a classroom environment, like you said, and they ask a really... I can't think of one off the top of my head. and I don't know if you can, but if they ask a really awkward question, you're like, well, I have an answer, but I don't want to say it because other people are going to judge me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I, you like, have for example, full people Sociology class, yeah. I had that feeling all you the time. You have the full I, people room. And like, there's a lot of thoughts and ideas that were just there's say there's 30 people in that room there's 30 ideas that mm-hmm. were suppressed mm-hmm. but everybody had an answer to that question and everybody could have made everybody smarter in that room but was afraid of judgment and didn't say anything because they were afraid of being judged and that's a real problem if people aren't yeah, expressing their ideas then you know what, what's going to happen to society yeah. Because you, know, you could even look at it as that's a good opportunity to get a platform to actually be able to speak in front of 30 people. Yeah. You have the ability to help someone out and to change what someone else's thought process is. So, But damn it, it's definitely not as easy as it sounds. I'm not going to sit here and say I have no problem saying whatever the fuck I want in front of anybody. But definitely something I want to – I mean, we've talked about it. It's like where's the richest place on earth? The graveyard. Right? Because that's where ideas are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so – I mean, practicing, I think talking openly with multiple people, getting out of your fears, it's only going to bring good things, like mm-hmm. doing this kind of stuff. Because I can tell just from the first episode of us doing this to doing episode six, I've improved yeah, being no, able to talk. I know. I agree 100%. And I think a big thing is that I stopped caring. I yeah. don't know if maybe if it's I got to stop caring or I got comfortable. I think it's a mix of those two things. Mm-hmm. Those two things uh, allow... To be open. Because listen, the idea is when somebody's listening to this podcast and we bring up these things, 
whoever they're sitting there, they may be listening it by themselves. They may be listening to it with two or three other people. Yeah. But I wanted to spark. I wanted to spark like it did for us. Mm-hmm. Hey, like, I could talk about this, or I can elaborate on this with my person, or I have my own personal thoughts on it, and you create your own personal opinion. And that's what we really want to do is get people to, uh, you know, bring their thoughts and ideas out that stuff that we all it is is stuff that we typically think about. This isn't some magic stuff that we're writing. But down. we all have different, completely exactly. different perspectives, exactly on life, exactly. Which is why you know everybody's special and unique in their own way. Because you can't ever, even siblings don't yeah. have the same thoughts. It, yeah, hundred percent. It's like even if you've been through majority of things like the same through life, same parents, it's still like you can never walk in someone else's shoes. Yeah, right. I think to a certain degree, your shit diverts. I think you don't. To a certain degree, I know siblings want to be like, uh, like younger siblings want to be like older siblings. They use them as role models and stuff. But I think a certain point comes in your life where you say that I don't, you know, I want to be my own person. Mm-hmm. That's God, honest reason. I think that's why Rudy went in the Navy and not in the Marines. He's like, I want to be like my brother, but yeah. I have to do, do my own different. thing. I have to do my own thing yeah. to create identity or identity for myself. And that's a big step to take for a lot of people uh-huh. to break off from whatever's been on it. Like it might be that older brother. It might be super strict parents. Like, like how many people did you know in college that were, were completely controlled by their parents or uh, some shit, you know? What'd you say? I thought you were going to say how many people were in pre-med because their parents thought they were going to be doctors or their kids uh. had to be doctors or something. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> that it's like, when are you going to make your own decision? Like, you know, being 20 something years old and your parents are, you're like 85% dependent on your parents. They pay yeah. for your food. They pay their for your bank housing. account is still your bank, their parents. Yeah. You share a bank account with your parents. It's like, when are you <laughs> going to take that money, step yeah. to be completely independent and then actually become, I guess some people just go through it at different times. Yeah. I think I'm not saying don't take advantage of like things that are there for you. Cause I think, I think a big thing people miss out on. And I think what we got from the Marine Corps and you got out from moving from, you know, you're from Pittsburgh, uh, moving to the other side of the country, is you had to develop another support group that wasn't your family. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that support group... Which is, is interesting to do. Yeah, and it, it consists of different things um, because it's not like your new support group consists of a mom, a dad, a brother, yeah. a cousin. But they do consist of things that uh, has still share the came, same characteristics. And I think... Any team that's built, you know, any group that's built and it's built to succeed is built with people that are reliable towards each other. But I find that a reliable person is somebody that shares kind of the same goals as you do. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying the same like us three sitting at this table. Like our goal, we want to have a successful podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe you want to have a successful business. You know, you want to have your own business one day. So they all still kind of intertwine into each yeah, other. Principles so principles, principles yeah. are still the same versus like one of us being like, I just want to get fucked up all the time and see you just black out every night and fucking bring nothing to the table. And then mm-hmm. you fucking want to get married and have kids and fucking all this shit. You're just based on everything. Your girlfriend. And then you're the one that wants to open up a business. It, it diverts shit. Like, I feel like the reason that anything is moving forward because I've seen progress just in six weeks of being out here because we're feeding as a team. And yeah. I think that ties into football, baseball. If you're working at a job, um, if you're going to a job every day and you say, well, 
the ideas that I want to be here to contribute to make this company as successful as it can be. Yeah. You know, that you're having the same idea as the owner and you're going to have a successful workplace because of that mm-hmm. versus being like, okay, I have to be here and I'm going to be here and I'm just going to do the minimum amount of work until I can leave. Yeah, it promotes good habits. Right. It's like um, in the in the barracks, we would put all the leadership in one side of the room, mm-hmm. one side of the barracks. All the team leaders would be together, all the squad leaders would be together because – when you're around people who are all goal oriented and like, like for example, if I come home and like you guys have already booked, like, you're like, Oh, we're getting ready for the gym. It's like, okay, I got to go to the gym. Even if you were dead set on not going to the gym yeah, that it's like, day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you guys are, yeah. you like put the habit on me. It's like, I'm not going to let them get one up uh-huh. on me. Or if like, I see you two both, like if I come downstairs and I see you guys both two cleaning or some shit, it's like, that's not for us to clean. Yeah. Fire. You know, it concept, promotes, bro. yeah. It promotes good habits yeah. when you're around, Good people, which is, I know we've talked about this, I think every single episode, that it's extremely important, your circle that you're around. Keep your circle small, but keep it tight. (laughs) 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 I have a dirty mind. Yeah, yeah. when you say tight, the first (laughs) 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 When you first uh, came out here, were you, like, lonely? Oh, yeah. Cause like, did you know anybody out here? Like, I knew Emily, so I got instantly took, got in that friend group. No, I, I didn't know a single person, and my my roommate worked a lot. He's a stoner, so he basically just not not nothing against stoners. <laughs> no, he would basically Fuck just it. <laughs> he, he would just come home, he would smoke weed, and kind of just go to sleep. So I, I didn't really like hang out with him that much. Funny, he was actually friends with Austin Pizzazzi. Wait, you're talking about when you lived at the... When I, when I first moved out here, I lived in the Domain. I don't think I ever met him. Uh, I don't think so either. Mm. He got kicked out. Um, but anyways, he was the only person that I was like in close quarters until I got a job. That's when it really took off. So I, I got a job after about three weeks um, serving at a restaurant called Hot and Juicy Crawfish. Mm. It's not a strip club. Yeah. But anyways, so coworkers. It, it was it, it felt like a team because we were so close. Like we shared tips, which actually was something great for the time because it it brought it together like a, a team. Yeah, you felt close to it. So and you're and going through that, the same sufferings too. Yeah, exactly. So that, that, I was, like, that was all I needed. Yeah, I always like to say it's like any time people suffer together, they definitely grow together. Like you get um, those roots. They go. No, through. yeah, I agree, hundred percent. That's what we got from the military. And that's what I always believe. People are like, oh, you get brainwashed and stuff from boot camp. And I believe it to a certain degree. But what I think it is is that they convince you that the person to the left and the right of you will die for you and you'll do the same for them. And if you have that, if you have that chemistry with somebody or a group of guys, then inevitably you're unstoppable unless you're all dead. You're (laughs) Sorry to be morbid, but (laughs) it's true, man. Yeah. You know, like if I was in combat with you, fucking you got hit let's just get to piss me the fuck off more like at the time like the emotions won't sit in but i'm just gonna want to fucking kill people yeah. <laughs> you know yeah because that's why people don't i don't think people realize they're like how are you guys going over to the fight for this like no reason war it's like it's not that we're brainwashed but when you're there you're not fighting for you're fighting for your brothers you're fighting for the person to your left to your right it's not that's and that's all you really you're thinking about yeah, dude. I'll give you a quick example. Listen. Same with I, football. Like we said last or earlier or beginning of the podcast, without having AC and shit like that, like you, I'm gonna go like when I, yeah, you're not good. When it, when I was deployed, like I was 
in situations where we didn't, we were fucking in 100 degree weather, 105, 110 degree weather, and we didn't have any air conditioning. We're sleeping in the shitty ass hab. There's flies everywhere. Fucking sucked. I was eating dry ramen and fucking just cheesy ass, the shitty cheesy burritos. And the only reason that things were okay and there was still a file or a smile on my face and my morals and my ethics were still high and I still did what I had to do was because the guy to the left and the right of me were doing the same fucking shit. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't never do that by myself ever. Yeah. Ever. And I wanted to be selfish for a long time and say, I could do this by myself. I could do that by myself, but then come back to realizing it and looking at it, man, you never be as strong by yourself as you are with two, yeah. three or 10 people. You're not ever going to be as strong. Your thoughts, your thoughts should be part of the machine. Mm -hmm. You know, you may be a different piece to the machine than me, but you're a piece nonetheless. And you got to find the right pieces to put into that machine. And you do fucking the sky's the limit, man. Yeah. And that, yeah. Cause that's not just the military. That's no, that's life. Hmm. It's life as we fucking, but you kind of reminded me. It's like a, <laughs> just a little, this would be like, uh, like three, five. Dark Horse, they took a pretty big hit, so prayers with that family, because I know they uh, they took some big hits in, over there. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, look into it. Yeah, and if not, then thank a veteran next time you see him, because, <laughs> you know, I don't... But then again, like, you know, here's the I, thing, though. I know a lot of our generation of vets, I'm sure you saw a lot of it, self-entitled fucks. Dude, it's different. There's going to be a, an extreme amount of or an excessive amount less of veterans that went to Iraq or Afghanistan, let's say 50 years from now. Yeah. Than there was, you see Vietnam or world war two vets. No. Yeah. And what does that say about society? Well, no, I'm talking about like, okay. like how many times did you see like a fucking military guy in college? Just act like he's just hot shit and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Cause he's a vet. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. that shit drives me up to saying you fucking signed a contract. You volunteered for it. Don't expect people to treat you better just because you're a vet. I don't, try i honestly i don't even No, like you me. don't do it but I those guys you know what i'm talking about no i know exactly what you're talking about like they pull hey, the marine look at me my shirt says marine corps on it and uh i deployed and you should suck my dick now because yeah. i was in the military now i get that now there's people like i don't i still to this day like i don't i would tell somebody i was in the yeah. marine corps but I, i'm not like we're talking about I'm it not, now i don't i'm I don't. not i'm not flaunty about it man i'm not at all not and i don't know if it's because i I don't lack pride in what I did, yeah. but I know, but what it shows me, and I guess it shows you the same thing is that I know that I did it for the right reasons. Yeah. I didn't do it for like, Oh shit, that guy was a Marine. I did it because self entitled. I wanted to challenge myself and see mm -hmm. if I could actually mm -hmm. succeed and be successful mm -hmm. in something that was supposed to be difficult. Yeah. Because you're living by the reputation of the Marine Corps. Like you are the rep, what the reputation, like the Marine Corps represents that like you're not a good Marine. But then there's so many guys out there that just live off the reputation of other people's doing the correct thing. And it's not just the military, but anytime you're a part of an organization where it just has sh shit bags, because there's always the bottom 10%. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Those guys are living off the reputation of whatever the company is when all everybody else has put in the work. And that shit drives, drives me, drove me insane in the military. <sighs> the bottom few Oh, quick advice for any vet that's coming out and wants to go to school if they're a freshman. Don't worry. Don't wear your fucking McMap belt. Don't put a shit ton of carabiners on your backpack. Don't fucking wear boots to fucking classes. Just don't, like, look, like, just don't look like a fucking boot. If, <laughs> yeah, if your fucking sergeant would give you shit on the weekend for going out on Libo like that, then don't fucking wear it. 
Listen, no one gives me, a fuck. Do you know what <laughs> no I? No one cares. Listen, just fun fact. I got a haircut earlier. You know what I say to him every single time? First time I went to get the haircut from this guy. I said, listen, I used to be in the Marines. Don't want to look like I'm in the fucking Marines again. So I, I'll tell you exactly what I want because people will, you know, you'll describe a haircut to him and then all of a sudden you have a high and tight. Yeah. Now what's funny, and we had this conversation at the barbershop, is that when you uh, believe that, when, like before you got ever got a high and tight, you were like, this is the coolest fucking thing in the world. Dude, look at society, dude. Now everybody does high and tight. Now it's like once you were forced into doing something, it ain't cool. It is not fucking cool. <laughs> it is not. Yeah, it just sucks ass, man. It's like just blues. It's like the dress blues. Yeah. All right. Well. Wrap it up. Yeah. I'm getting hungry anyways. Uh, happy single tomorrow for everybody. Yesterday. Um, I know. Yeah, so accommodations. Um, Travis, thanks for coming out to the show. Yeah. yeah Sorry we talk like way too much. We got to work on... In recording, in recording, I think I, th- I felt kind of cutthroat going at you today. It's yeah. okay, but like in a good way. But thanks for coming, and you know what you did say, you had some good input. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Chrissy, for the topic. You definitely gave us uh, going off in the right direction, and uh, we're gonna post another video about this during the week because I don't know how many of you are gonna make it to the end of the video. But what I want to say is that once we hit a hundred subscribers, myself and Jacob will each eat a hundred pieces of sushi yeah so please go to our channel hit the subscribe button and you'll be one click closer it's the red button uh, underneath the video on the left side also we are on itunes and we are on google play google music so if you got android you already got the app so it's there and then on itunes you already got the app it's just the podcast so we're out there if you you know want to listen to on the car or while you're doing cardio that's when i listen to podcasts because they're long you got it. So tune in next week for episode seven, wrapping up episode six. Thanks for coming out, guys. Travis, and, you want to say uh, any closing remarks? Where can people find you? Uh, I always wanted to say that. <laughs> where, where can people find you? I'm so outdated on all of social media, unfortunately. I know, it's hard, man. Yeah. I, I should be more because it, it is what... A good platform. How you get your, your name out there, especially because... I could, I could throw some uh, some likes out for you guys, some subscribes and some likes. <laughs> yeah. If you if you could give uh, one advice to someone who's 18 years old and they're about to go through college and about to be, like uh, go through the things that we've all recently gone through, mm-hmm. what could you say? Just to close in, a little last mm-hmm. question. Don't be afraid to speak up. There it is. Okay. There it is. That's the end of episode six. We're going to go eat some chicken, get some drinks, and then uh, – Probably get intoxicated. Yeah. Think about it next week. Peace. Peace.